Hello and welcome to the Way In Podcast. I'm Christopher Russell and I'm joined by Andrew Southwick and Craig Forson. Coming up on the show, we discuss third place in the European spots. If they lose on Tuesday, that's three defeats in a row. It, they're in danger of throwing away third place, which is which was theirs to throw away. Who's your player of the year? I still think there's plenty of players out there that may be a bit better than that. And Stuart Cosgrove and Tam Cowan tell us what they really think. Sweden, can't stand them. That Henrik Larsson's a fucking tit. <laughs> to give you a brief introduction of what we're about, here's one of the Way In Magazine's editors, Laura Brannan, as interviewed on Radio Scotland by Jim Spence and Jim Duffy. What will the new magazine do, the Away End? Well, the Away End basically covers every part of Scottish football, international football, down to the juniors. There's something in there for everyone, basically. Well, why did you, you know, go with it? I mean, did, did you kind of suspect there was a gap in the market? Because others have tried and failed. So why launch the magazine at this stage? Well, there's been a lot in the past we have tried, and it's kind of settled out. But we just felt as though that there was a space in, it, in the market just now. And for a country that's so passionate about football, there is there, there has to be something for fans. Every club who has a talking point is basically talked about in the magazines so say fair. So, so what will you do that, that you know that, that others don't? That the, the pullouts because there's pullouts every Monday in the papers, huge supplements and the you know the Sundays and all that. So what what are you going to be able to do that the others don't? Well, we're basically covering everything that's newsworthy, but we're also covering a lot of specific things on maybe games that are coming up. And it's giving a chance for everyone and anyone to really contribute and write their piece. It's not specifically us to write for it. Everyone's welcome to contribute. And is it just going to normal retail shops that said, have you got a, a good response from people who want, want to take it off? Well, just now what we're doing is, because we've just started out, we are selling it as a downloadable PDF magazine. And we'll, that gets emailed to you once you buy it. You buy it over PayPal. And we're hoping that by the start of the new season, we'll actually have enough funds to produce it as a paper magazine and sell it retail is through the shop. Now you want to do an interview with Jim Duffy I think. <laughs> <laughs> That's alright. Well I'm sure I'm sure we have enough people doing it. No, I think Jim I think I mean it's to me, obviously if you can promote the game as long as it's positive and it doesn't go down a a, a, a route of you know just, just being a, a, a magazine for people who want mm. to write in and moan about it. As long as it, it is positive it talks the game up and we try to promote the game and anything that tries to promote the game in this country I'm all for it. So mm. well done Laura and I hope it goes really well. That was Jim Duffy there. Wishing us the best of luck. Andrew, as the editor of the magazine, do you want to let us in on what we can expect from the podcast? And the podcast will be three of us talking about football, trying to sound semi-intelligent, having a bit of banner. We'll also have interviews from the magazine, as well as interacting with your good selves. And to get the ball rolling, first of all, we're going to talk to the fans of Hearts, Dundee United and Aberdeen to discuss who's coming third. I think it's going to be a bit of a struggle between the teams, but I th- I think we've got to be favourites now. Yeah, the other teams have got a wee bit too much to do in the five games that they split, they split offer, so somebody would have to go and run off a good run to beat us. I, I think third result down in Dundee um, I think uh, the result hopefully will go our way on Tuesday night as well if we can get a, pick up a few points against Hearts and uh, hopefully Dundee might get beat from Celtic I think it's uh, certainly going to go down to the, the last day for the third spot Right, that's what the supporters of each club thought Craig, what's your opinion on the third place? Well, 
three games to go now. There's not really that much points between it. I mean, Hearts have kind of let their kind of lead drop a wee bit to one point, but the games left. I mean, it's a big game with Petardry because if Hearts beat Aberdeen, then that's it. Aberdeen can probably kiss third place goodbye, and they'd just be chasing their fourth. But the United uh, Hearts game is going to be a big one because whoever wins that, that is probably going to third. But I'm pretty com- I'm pretty confident that Hearts will probably go it. I mean, they've got their big game against Hibs out of the way. Didn't get the result they were wanting, but. I still think uh, that will take a lot off their mind as well. And the fact that Dundee United still have to play the old firm, that could probably put a kind of a big say in what happens. What about you, Panda? What do you think? Well, I think the thing about Hearts is they've not really been under pressure the whole season because no one expected them to get third because it's Laszlo's first season. If they lose on Tuesday, that's three defeats in a row. It, they're in danger of throwing away third place, which, which was theirs they threw away. So you've got to say, if they lose at Petorji on Tuesday, then, you know, get it, for the first time in the season, they start asking questions to Laszlo. Aberdeen will be buoyed up by that. They'll go to, as the guy was saying there in the, on the piece there, if Aberdeen can win on Tuesday, they'll, they'll go to Ibrox with confidence, with, with no, no pressure on them anyway. So it could get interesting, but to be honest, I'm not too sure. Actually, Aberdeen will get a result on Tuesday. I think, uh, I said before the split started, Aberdeen would come fifth. Uh, and I still stand by that. I think Dun United actually might, even though they've got the hardest fixtures, I think Dun United might be a team to, to sneak third. Sorry. I think Hearts will just hold it in the fourth. Sorry to sneak in again, but it's pretty weird. It's pretty good, though, that all the fans are seem to be quite excited about this. I mean, they all still think they've got a good chance of making this third, which should make it a bit interesting. Because, um, you know, what the fans are like, the fans turn up and they help. Like 12th man, for example. I mean, that can put in a lot, well, a big say in what happens. It can intimidate teams. But, it's, I mean, Aberdeen fans in particular, I mean, it's quite surprising they're still confident they can get third when they are, there is such a gap and it's all resting on this game on Tuesday, isn't it? Yeah, right, well, I think it's, um, when it comes to this, like, the good thing about this split, and there's no many of them, is that it gives all the teams, like, it's all within their own hands, basically. So you're not really relying on somebody else because if you can win, win your games, like if Aberdeen win on Tuesday or if Dundee United beat Hearts, then it's entirely up to you if you can make third or not which is why most people will be feeling confident that their team can go and get the result they want this is the first time though this is the first season that the splits actually worked out the way the SPL wanted it I mean there's still all the relegation battle going on so there's still all the teams playing to make sure they don't go down and there is still a battle for three teams to get third and the good thing is as well like it's not just third I mean even if Aberdeen don't get third they'll still be pushing United to make sure they can at least get that extra Europa Cup place I mean, it's it's the only way. It's the only season this has actually happened. And to be honest with you, I'm still not sure this what's the right way. But that's a different topic, isn't it? Yeah, even uh, even Hibs, they can uh, they can still catch. Well, technically, they can still make Europe. Uh, they can still make fourth place. So uh, ah, that's, a, that's, that's a big ask, though. It's a big yeah. ask. Sorry, the only saving grace about uh, the, the the Hibs thing you're saying is they've got both old from home, which they are. They have been pretty good at home this season. I mean, they had a hard team to beat. Yeah, I don't think they're going to lose both games. Like I think they're they're going to influence the title race in some way. Yeah. But going back to the third place battle, I would say the reason Aberdeen fans are probably still quite confident is because they're the only team of Aberdeen Hearts and United that have two home games left. So a, obviously you're going to be confident with your, your home games. And you're looking at Hearts and Hibs. You know, if they get six points out of that, then they're probably going to sneak a top four spot. 
the last the last day of the season, the Sunday the twenty fourth, it's quite a. I mean, out the day, you're hoping hearts are well, hearts are hoping they've got everything sorted because they are away at Parkhead, and that is going to be the hardest game. Yeah. A mile. I mean, uh, so hearts for the hearts fans will be hoping they've got that all sorted the week before. Well, that's why um, that's why being Hibs was such a yeah important game, but obviously never done that. I thought if Hearts had won like their two home games was Hibs and United, I thought winning them would uh, sewn up the third place. But you're gonna have to go about it in a, a more difficult fashion and get a result with Pitodri. Beat United at home and then you might still be looking for something at Parkhead on the last day. And it looks like Celtic are gonna be desperate for a win, following on the old firm result now. If they've still got aspirations of winning the league, so. So basically, to sum up, so who do you think third, fourth, and fifth, Panda? Who do you think it will be? Yeah, I think United will surprise everyone and get third, and I think it all comes down to Tuesday night Aberdeen Hearts. I think Hearts will probably get a draw, which will give, give be enough for them to get fourth. I think Aberdeen will start to settle for fifth. Uh, I reckon. I reckon it's going to stay like it is, third, fourth, fifth Hearts. United and then Aberdeen. I feel exactly the same. I reckon the way they're running the fixtures and that, Hearts just need one. If they, they just need to beat either Aberdeen or United, and they've at least got their cellar Europa place. But I reckon they'll do more than that, and they'll get third, United fourth, and Aberdeen just they'll, they'll close the gap a wee bit. I reckon Aberdeen, but they still they'll have to settle for fifth. The Way In magazine recently talked to Stuart Cosgrove and Tam Cowan. Here's the first of two clips from an interview you can read in full in issue four, which is out on Thursday. What, what's the best thing about your interacting with the fans, and what, what do you prefer about that over sort of writing a column? Well, I think for me, um, I'm, I've always been really interested in the fan culture side of uh, football. Um, so throughout off the history of off the ball, we've always done things that are aimed really at what the, uh, the, 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 the passing fan might be thinking rather than what the pundit might be thinking or what the club chairman might be thinking or whatever. And that's tended to be anything from, you know, if there's kind of fancy dress events going on towards the end of a season, we'll always be saying the most ridiculous thing you've ever worn at a match. And that could be anything about fashion faux pas right through to um, fancy dress or whatever. Or, you know, it could be chants you've heard or incidents that you've witnessed or whatever. And we're more likely to go into that experience of uh, football rather than getting caught into the whole kind of tactical stuff around, you know, oh, is he going to play with a fat back four and, uh, the, the, you know, there'll be plenty of action and, uh, you know, all this stuff about five across the midfield. And th- there's different ways of thinking about football. I think we've always we been all, fan we culture. We've always come for the fan side it because uh, the bottom line is me and Sean always pay in. An interesting quote that I don't know if you saw it, Stuart, it was last Sunday's and I think there's also it's really really important also to puncture the kind of inflated set of egos and balloons of football I mean yeah. you know there, you, you sometimes see you know journalists who their mobile will go and he, he just said oh that's Barry now right <laughs> and you're thinking well Barry who Barry Humphreys <laughs> Barry Cook who Barry who you know and of course it's like I'm in the know we're also able to 
uh, kind of lure folk in and get them to tell it as it is, because the Stuart will take up a story with Mike Sue Part of Line and the yeah, Larson. Yeah, yeah. Remember that night? Absolutely brilliant. There's nothing like it. It was at the height of uh, Larson mania, and Mike Sue Part Line was still a player. In fact, he might even have been at St Johnson at the time, but, and we just turned round and said. You just said. yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so the sneezing I've heard for you, you're allergic to the top six of them. Anyway, so the, uh, the uh, mix was in, this, in the studio, and we were just turning around and saying, uh, and usually the footballers are completely guarded, or they'll make odd wee kind of references, and a big Scotland-England game was coming up, and there was rivalry with Scotland-England, and I, I just says to Mixu, Mixu, you're from Finland, who's, who's the big rivals? And he says, Sweden, can't stand them, that Henrik Larsson's a fucking tit, right? <laughs> And it was completely straight out and known, yeah. and there was no joke no, either. Yeah, no, he said, complete dickies, and he just went on, didn't he? You know, right. and he just thought, oh, God Almighty, that's not what you ever hear. And you if know, been interviewed that same day or that same night with somebody who makes a good game of the day once you know you have. He was never going to come out with something like that. <laughs> yeah. So it's great. So it kind of the gap drops a wee bit. But yeah, yeah. And the Writers' Player of the Year award was announced today. Gary Caldwell picked that up. Scott Brown has already been voted the Players Player of the Year, and uh, the Way In magazine was running its own poll. Uh, Panda, how did what's the results looking for that? Okay, well, first, first of all, we've getting lots of votes for Andy Dorman. Obviously, it's because of his, all the newspaper talk. Because let's be honest, is he really worth Player of the Year? This this always happens though at this time of the season. Like Scott Brown, that was the same thing when the, the Players Player. The media just build up, and it kind of changes everyone's opinions and all that. Don't get me wrong, Dorman is Dorman's done a good job at uh, St Martin's scored a lot of goals and that for a team like St Martin, that's invaluable. But I still think there's plenty of players out there that maybe a bit better than that. I mean, you never know, what do you think, Russell? Aye, I think because um, his name is getting mentioned quite a lot and, you know, there's look at million pound moves and stuff. He gets folks' attention. Aye, he gets folks' attention and you've got other, other players who just go unnoticed. Uh, kind of doing a similar, well, not a similar job. Nobody scored that many goals from midfield, I don't think. But other other players playing just as well. But it depends who's fashionable at the time and who's who's making the headlines. I think we should maybe point out at this point, though, he has had a good season, and we should maybe, maybe appreciate that he has done a good job. Uh, we're, not, we're not out to lynch the guy or anything like that. He has had a decent. Season, <laughs> like. No, he has had a good season. Aye, it's true. I mean, if you score is it eleven goals so far for Saint Mirren, I mean, from midfield. That is pretty good. Couple of been crackers as well. One against Hibs away. Uh, no, same Mirren, Sorry, that was a cracker. Yeah, he has a good player in that, but I think the hypes, maybe the media hypes, kind of just put people people's opinion on him. I bet you this time last season, nobody could have told you who Andy Donnan was. You know what I mean? <laughs> Apart from some fans, but it's good in a way though, because it does get uh, players who do a good job gets their attention and all that. But I think it definitely has. I say the media thing at this time, you're definitely has to say people's opinions on who's the player of the year. What do you think, Andy? Do you agree with the readers? See, the reason I think everyone's talking about him is because the old firm are in, in, interested in him. See if it's Hearts and they're saying, yeah, we might go Vandy Dolman. Nobody would say a thing. But as soon as the old firm's involved, ah, oh, well, I see, that's it. He's a brilliant player. You know, he's a million pound and all that. But three, four months ago, nobody knew who he was. Exactly. Anyone outside, no, no one outside Paisley knew who he was. He has a good so, player. He has a good player. He's done a good season as well. But I reckon there's better players than that out. I mean, I think like Lee Wilkie, Dundee United, that's two seasons in a row. He's been absolutely solid. He's been amazing. I mean, how he's been... I mean, the last Scotland game we were short of certain defenders, how he wasn't even put in consideration was beyond me. I mean, the guy's got nothing to lose as well. He's that age. If Burley put him in, he's that age. I mean, if he's a bad game, 
that's his chance gone and all that. But I reckon he'd have been absolutely solid. I mean, putting Christoph Berrer in there was a bit of a risk because the guy's a young guy and he'll be a big player for Scotland in the future. The last thing you want to do is rattle the guy at a young age and all that. I reckon Lee Wilkie would have been a much better thing. And I reckon he's a good, good shout for uh, play of the season and two years in a row as well. And the guy's been absolutely solid. Well, that's the thing. I mean, Steve McManus is getting picked for Scotland and even Celtic fans, you know... He said, he's yeah. had the best season this season. Celtic fans are cheering when he got injured. They all went, oh, it's a blow to Celtic. See what man is out. And all the Celtic fans cheered. They went, were brilliant. He's playing for Scotland. And then you've got Lee Wilkie. He can't even get a sniff. Aye. And I don't know what it's about. I mean, even when he was in a Scotland shirt, I mean, he was not that bad. There was worse players than him in the pitch. And I think now, I think he's grown as a player now. He's matured a hell of a lot since then. Injuries. And uh, I reckon he's worth a shout. He's worth, definitely worth his chance. He's, he's earned it. I mean, as you're saying, McManus is a good defender, brilliant defender, one of our best. But he's been off form this season. He has been off form. I think he's one player that's waiting for next season. He's looking forward to next season, so he's got a fresh start at it. I mean, Caldwell winning Writers Player of the Year. I mean, he's 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 not had a brilliant season. He's had a solid season, but I reckon there is more people out there. I mean, as I say, Lee Wilkie. There's also the unsung heroes, like, say, your centre midfielders. I mean, you've got Mark Kerry, Aberdeen, who's had a great season this season. Obviously, he obviously gets sent off silly the other day, but in general, he has had a very good season. That's quite a slow start to it, but he has had quite a good season. And he had a good season last season for Dundee United as well. And uh, Hearts is another example. There's Michael Stewart, who is one of the be- better on-form players at Hearts, and he has had a really good season. It's just, once again, though, Scott Brown, when he got the players player of the year, he was going through a bit of form at the time. But I reckon there's players, that everyone always looks at old form as well. There is players out, out with old form that are good. Uh, well, that's the problem is, you never, you're never going to see, you know, all the games. You watch your own team, aye, um, and you see whoever's playing them that week or whatever. You're never going to see who's playing consistently well for Aberdeen or Hearts or uh, Saint Mirren if you know, you know, a fan of them. So you kind of have to go off, yeah, yeah. in the papers and just kind of see who's what's name keeps popping up <laughs> and things like that. Well, just touching your point there about Michael Stewart, Castle. Uh, when you interviewed the the Hearts fans uh, for issue. Issue two. Did they not say they were wanting Vida, Michael Stewart? Yeah, I think um we'll take him. He's, <laughs> <laughs> he's he always starts the season well, Michael Stewart. He's um I don't know what happens over the summer, but he always comes out with a bang and he's like really impressive and basically runs the game for the first couple of months of the season and then goes through a wee a wee dodgy spell, usually gets himself sent off for something stupid. <laughs> And then it kind of picks up again towards the end of the season. He's, the, he's definitely got the talent there. I mean, he's on the books at Man U. You don't get right. into Man U without being talented. But it's something something he needs to work on, just like performing consistently for the whole season and making sure his influence is like, felt through the team rather than just losing the plot and diving in the tackles and kicking folk off the ball. Or, you see, no players uh, no player complete. I mean, that's probably a part of his passion. He's, he's, he's that passionate about the game. He is going to do something really stupid, like kick someone and shout the ref and stuff like that. I mean, Hearts has had quite a, quite a few good performers this season. I mean, like, Andy Dar- <coughs> Andrew Dar- Drivers had a great season as well. I mean, there's all this talk as well. He's in the papers quite a bit as well. Oh, he's talked with Scotland and England and that, but can't take away. He has been, he's had a decent, solid season. Yeah. I mean, yeah, uh, Drivers, my, uh, he's my pick for play of the year, I think. Yeah. I think, uh, I think that's why Hearts are in third place. Um, because he's been, there's so many times this season that Hearts have been, Seem to be, it all seems to be against Kilmarnock as well. They all seem to be locked at one each, and then you see direct driver scores or he, he sets up. He's always seem to be the difference between Hearts getting a draw and get, Hearts getting three points. And maybe the fact he's gone off the boil a little bit uh, is 
why doesn't uh, Aberdeen are catching up. First main problem is they're missing an out-and-out goal scorer. They're not scoring Aye. goals, and that's their big problem. And Andrew Drivers helped and stepped up, and he scored some important goals for them. Yeah, uh, he's he's more like um, your best chance at creating something out of nothing, Driver. Even just yeah. a bit of magic. The rest of the players, I mean, they're all technically good at what they're doing, but what they're doing isn't very good at scoring goals. So he's the one player that's a bit more dangerous and a bit more yeah. likely to spark something. Going back to um, players like Unsung Heroes again, I mean, Hamilton have done a great job coming up this season and there is a couple, a lot of good young lads there that have done really well. Obviously, papers are focused on a few as well. I mean, but how many, how, would a lot of them voted for the, for the year, Fander? Uh, no, well, I mean, McCarthy's running away with young player of the year. Yeah, but apart I'd... from that, it's... Uh... It's not well, Robert Cerny, I suppose he, he's uh, he's been good and he's just signed a new contract as well for Hamilton as well. That's a, yeah, that's a big boost for yeah. that. Uh, but apart from that, I mean, a lot of, like I say, it's all uh, it's all press again, isn't it? Yeah. Like, you talk about, oh, McCarthy's been great because he's in the press all the time. St. Mary, you say, Andrew Dolman, oh, yeah, he's been great. But I mean, how often do you. And to be fair, it's not really. You can't really slag too much, say, oh, you don't see too many, much of these players because we rely on. Uh, the high, sports scene highlights and we get about two minutes anyway <laughs> <laughs> unless you've got Santana you're not going to see anything anyway unless you're going to all these games so what about but, the other teams kind of down the bottom we've talked on like um, um, Carthay Hamilton Dominic St. Mon what do you think about Falkirk who's been who's Falkirk's main player this season well going back to SU3 we had the with a wee uh, nomination for Jackie McNamara like uh, not too sure about that. Laura might kill me for saying that, but he's uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely been a good move for him because uh, he had an absolute nightmare at Aberdeen last season, and uh, yeah, he goes away, got a cup final for Falkirk. Yeah, but or, uh, they've got two they've got two centre uh, centre backs who aren't experienced, know the game inside out, with Presley as well, but they lack pace. And I, yeah, you know, for all the uh, good talents and all that, I mean, the only the only reason Weir's good at, is doing still well is because he's always got a fast centre back that can help him out. At rate, that's mm. races, obviously, and I reckon that might be one of Falkirk's problems. I mean, don't get me wrong, both of them cracking defenders done really good in that, but I reckon that might be one of the problems. Uh, I think that, I actually think that's a problem with Falkirk this season. They don't have one player that's been helping to carry the team, where, for example, there other other teams have that. I mean, there's not been one out and out player at Falkirk that you've said he's had a really good season. See, Falkirk's better players are, are young. I mean, Scott Arfield, I think, is going into a really good player. But he's, you know, he's obviously young, um, and they're they're experienced heads, so maybe a bit too experienced. Like Presley's a bit, you know. Yeah. If Falkett didn't sign him, he'd probably retire. You know, yeah, Matt Namara's like every season, like thinking about it. McCann's not too far away. Yeah. Well, it was a good idea, like, but he was, I mean, trying to blend a bit of experience in and help the youngsters through. You got Presley, McCann, Bullen, and McNamara, who should all know the game inside out, yep. and uh, adding that to folk like Arfield, Darren Barr. And that should have been like quite a good mix for for surviving, but obviously it's not really worked out for them. No, no. But I think his, his thinking was along the right lines, but something else has has gone wrong, and it's not really gelled. So it's kind of similar with uh, Kamalik when I was uh, when I interviewed uh, Raymond Comery in issue for issue three. Like he was saying, he I would try to ask him where's it all went wrong. I mean, Kamalik were sitting third in the league uh, at the beginning of the season and flying high, and then all of a sudden they've only done one win this season uh, this year since two thousand and nine. And asked him, and he, he, I think he hit the nail on the head. Like he said, uh, he said, what it is is too many players are going off the boil at the same time. It's not the same players every week, but a team like Kamalik, they can't carry. Like if there's five players off from off 
form, the rest of the team can't carry them. But uh, I mean, Mark's another team like, like, like Falkirk. I mean, there's players that have came in and out the following. I mean, Craig Bryson's had a really good season, a young lad, and hopefully he can keep going. I mean, Kevin Kyle's been a good addition. He's adding something a bit different. But I reckon the big players are like Fernandez and Mendy. I mean, they're not they're the kind of players that kind of change a game and all that. And I reckon they've not had the best of seasons, and they'll be ones that are hoping that they can get back in the boil next season. But uh, Pasquale as well, he started off really well, but his discipline's quite shocking, isn't it? I mean, have you seen, have you seen his car yeah. counts? I mean, nah. that's one thing he can have to, He started off very well, but he's kind of he's an element that's kind of went off the ball a little bit. Uh, him and Bryson in the midfield at the start of the season oh, are pretty, pretty impressive. But... I mean, that's what I'm saying. Craig Bryson's in a cracking season. I mean, young players again. Pasquale's obviously done really well. Started off really well. He's, kind of, he's been on and off for him since. Uh, I reckon Kelly's big thing. They need a centre-back. We need a new centre back to kind of just dictate things. I mean, there was talk of Presley that when he was going to Falkirk to go to Kilmarnock. I reckon that might have helped Kilmarnock a bit uh, at the back, a wee bit of experience. You know, ahead to kind of get people. I mean, they're, they're kind of lacking, I think, a wee bit of leadership. I mean, you've got your experienced guys there like Cole and Lily, folk like that. I mean, that was another, that was, that was two players uh, Montgomery picked out as two players that can, that, they've been there before. They're focal, they've got the confidence, they've got the leadership, consistent. I mean, but Kelly have also they've been off, they've been unlucky with certain things. I mean, injuries, uh, stuff like that. A couple of, I mean, that game up at Inverness in the cup with that that weather. I mean, games like that. You know, that's it. The weather just levels the game out. I mean, it was anyone's game that you know. Yeah. But We're talking about uh, potential signings, here's a, a list of players in the first division that have uh, got mentioned in the play of the year poll. Guy Harkins, a part of this, who these rumours would tell you he's going to Aberdeen. As a replacement for Scott Seven, I don't know how that's working because Scott Seven's been playing a centre back for Aberdeen. Yeah. But uh, I, th- I think every, well, every Kilmarnock every Kilmarnock fan, every part of Thistle fan you talk to has godlike status for him. Yeah. Uh, another one's Lee Griffiths, who uh, the rumours would have you that he's going to Dundee, but um, I think he's another one who should make the step up to. Yeah. Well, I reckon he'll be in the Premier at least in SPL. I mean, uh, there's talk a lot Dundee United, uh, Aberdeen Hearts, and Kilmarnock going for him. I mean, there was also him and David McKay's another good one, isn't it? Livingston, young guy. He's got the potential. But uh, with Griffiths, there was, he was supposedly, if you believe what you read, he was down on trial at West Brom. Uh, West Brom having a look at him. And if a team like West Brom, who will be in the Championship, let's be honest, uh, next season, if a Championship team come for him, I mean, it'd be silly to turn down that opportunity. Aye. Um, the Championship's snapping up quite a lot of young Scottish players recently, actually. Aye, it, it's, it's, it's saying, although everyone's given this doom and gloom about Scotland and all that, now we have got a fair amount of players either in the Championship mm. or going towards. I mean, like, Birmingham are going up this season, it's like with Gary, McCor- Gary O'Connor and James McFadden back in the Premiership. Yeah. So, I, I reckon, and now the Premiership, I mean, how many foreigners and how many English players actually play in the Premiership? I mean, Aye. I mean, we're, we're, we have got the potential of doing good here. I mean, that's another, that's, another, that's another topic again that we can talk about in another one. What is that? This one for you, uh, 442 actually announced their top 50 championship players recently. The amount of players from Scotland actually in that top 50, we've got, where are we? Chris Commons is number five. Jason Scotland, who wasn't good enough for the SPL, he's sixth. Yeah. Osh McCormack is seventh. Uh, we've got Chris Willumo, is that how you pronounce him? Uh, uh, no Hunt, number 32. Uh, All these people uh, say... That, that's not even. I mean, he's probably thinking about players in the SPL better than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you look mm-hmm. at folk. Then Cardiff have got a whole bunch of them. It's McCon, yeah. uh, Chris Burke signed for them in January. There, yeah. they've got McCormack. 
his other teams, uh, Burnley snapped up Kevin McDonald from Dundee. See, last it's, quite it's quite good though because um, it's good to see that. So, for example, if Griffiths does go down to the Championship, he will be given his chance. I mean, yeah. it's people are trusting Scottish players again, which is good. I mean, you've got David Marshall as well, isn't he? He's at um, Norwich. Norwich, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, it's not all. I mean, who else? Back to, the, obviously, the topic in discussion. Like Lee Griffiths has had a good season as well, and I'd be very surprised if he's still in the first division next season. Yeah, was he like 20, 20-something? 21 or 22 goals, I think, in 40 games. So It's not a bad start. I mean, that's yeah, just, he scored for Scotland B the other night as well. Yeah, I mean, Jason Scotland didn't have that many goals when he went down to Swansea. Yeah. And I remember I went down, I lived in Swansea for a while, and I watched yeah, Jason Scotland. Obviously, I'd seen him up here before as well. And he was a completely different player down there. I reckon it was just confidence he was lacking, and he's been yeah. given. Well, the but, story uh, I like is uh, is Paul Coots, who was uh, a Cove Rangers Highland League team in Aberdeen, and uh, Peterborough signed him, and he's he's now just been promoted to the Championship. That's good, man. Uh, so I mean, that's a uh, that's a missed opportunity for the Scottish clubs. Yeah. Uh, who else have they, Who else have you mentioned in the first division there in the? Yeah, uh, well, Kevin Vukovic, of course, he'll be an SPL player next yeah. season. I know. Uh, yeah, as you know, I like Kevin Vukovic. He was one of the first players I ever interviewed. Uh, this is when he was at Aberdeen and he was struggling to get in the team. So uh, it's good to see him. Yeah. Being, being uh, uh. named as one of the top players in the first <laughs> division and back in the SPL. So, yeah. uh, lovely guy, lovely guy. <laughs> do you think, so uh, do you think uh, they will go for him then? Or? Oh, I think it'll just stay at St. Johnson. The fans are all grown beards for him. Um, <laughs> to, as a mark of respect for him or something like that to show how yeah. much they appreciated him all I the fans had everyone, beers for the season I think everyone at the way in should grow a beard <laughs> I love that little bit that little pause before everyone laughed at, you know? uh, what about Laura does she have to grow one oh, I think she's already got one she needs to get rid of hers <laughs> oh dear so moving on on that note uh, here's the second part of the Crossgrove and uh, Kevin interview um, do you have a favourite off the ball guest? Do we have a, we, I think we've actually got a wee uh, list of some of the people that we know that we get the most out of. And curiously enough, they usually bridge entertainment and football. So typically, somebody like Andy Cameron, right? I'll use him as an example, right? Because he contains both. Um, he's tailor-made for us because firstly he'll bring material his own stand-up material his own joke but he's a dyed-in-the-wool teddy bear so you've got all the Rangers material you can work off he's also been a witness to the Murray era he's he is close to the player so he'll know Super Alley and all these characters that we can kind of joke about but the other thing about uh, Cameron is that you know an Aberdeen fan attacked him on the pitch you know so there's incidents that you can go back to about him so he gives you almost everything, doesn't he? You can come at him. And like yeah. me, most of his jokes are for the 1950s. <laughs> yeah. So maybe we've got a bond there. But yeah. Andy, Andy was great. Uh, we, we've been, at, well, again, in terms of great guests, I mean, if Tommy Sheridan uh, gets done for perjury, we'll have to take some of the plays. <laughs> whenever we've been Tommy the show, we just get right to it. Whenever, yeah. you know, whenever, whenever hang back. Tommy's always been a great guest. Tommy, I'm, I'm, I'm chuffed to say, we were the first uh, media gig he did when he, when he came out of the court in Edinburgh. We were the first in there talking about Real Madrid and Gretna and all the rest. Of it. He was then uh, hurried away to a, to a hotel in the outskirts of Glasgow. But yeah. I think it was a Sunday mail put him and his wife up. And uh, I 
I texted Tommy and the first thing he did for us after the case he did our show on the Saturday yeah. and that was a game great uh, and, and of course actually even now to this day that speech doesn't stand up to any analysis because actually if Gretna had been in the Champions League they wouldn't have been playing the final at Bernabeu anyway so he actually the, the, yeah. it was all over the place it would have been a neutral grund and in any way they were going bust <laughs> it was, you just know. got away with a, a flat load of lies <laughs> in the court his mind was devoured <laughs> yeah. you know he wasn't worried about that spin a yarn yeah <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I other guess, I mean, we've had, we've had all the big political figures in Scotland during the past 10, 15 years, all the, all the first ministers, uh, we've had, and, and we always like, I think, they're getting the, the high profile political guys in because I've always the theory that anybody that's uh, got a brain uh, between their ears uh, can always be good value and they can always be funny and they can always be uh, good anecdotes. So I've saw guys like that have been good. So a guy like, say, Henry MacLeish, the first minister, you wouldn't necessarily, in political terms, you know, he, he's been a first minister and he's been in the political process for many years but you know he, 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 he played for Scotland he played for East Fife he was he was a schoolboy internationalist for uh, down at Leeds United you know so he's got a story to tell in the kind of pre-Bremner era at Leeds but also played keep you up in the studio and he's still a good footballer to this day and you know he's the first minister of your country you know so things like that we've been able to spin really good uh, events I mean, not a bizarre one but I mean at the time Stuart was probably saying what we thought we were going to aim for but then Stuart was won over because in terms of uh, if folk bring something to the show, but with the crankies on one day, right? And uh, I can see Stuart's like, oh, you know. But again, in terms of bringing something to the show, the crankies come in with this big legend like that, the other yeah. routines and all their acts and all that. So as soon as we and we told them what exactly we're doing in the show, they're looking up all this pattern stuff, right? Yeah. And they were doing these wee sketches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really good. They were very, very professional, you know. So yeah. you get bizarre things like that and. Uh, but even if you take that, for example, the the the, the um, crankies, the thing that people visually see when they're listening to the radio, people have pictures in their mind, is of this wee schoolboy with a hat on, whatever, the cranky, and it just allows us to actually then move it into who is the most diminutive footballer that's ever played for your club, and you're in into the Mickey Weirs and all of these characters, you know. And that's so, why again, get back to what Stuart says earlier, because we don't do the four four two stuff and all that. We have a, a really healthy female listenership here. Yeah. And, and if I'd have any for a reason, I wouldn't say this. Oh, Tom, I don't like the fact that I'm not listening to you and Stuart. And that's because we, we, we wouldn't get doing the, yeah. the, the tedious uh, avenue to be talking about formations and all that stuff because it's not really. I always get back to when Mother went into administration, when we were sat for the first game, or actually, first game after administration, we were in a commander, we beat commander 4 1, huge model coming out. But we were sat there, we still weren't all in for the next few games, we weren't saying, oh, I wonder how they accounted, so get us out of this. Yeah. Your fans, you're just sat there again watching us over the pitch, mm-hmm. and if passes went or something like that, you still can ball up to your, your players and that. So again, I, I, the actual, the, 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 the nuts and bolts of the fact that the stuff you hear on the mainstream football uh, shows can get a wee bit tedious at times, so yeah. we always try yeah. to shy away from uh, that if we can. Do you need the full interview with Cosgrove and Cowan in issue four of The Weekend, which is out on Thursday. We also have interviews with Gordon Chisholm, East Fife's Kevin Fotheringham, who's going to be a regular columnist for, for us next season, and Elgin City manager Ross Jack. It's £1 if bought in advance, £1.50 afterwards. Just go to net for information how to get that. Also, if you want to contact us here at the podcast, our address is podcast at net. Tell us how good crap we are. Tell us your stories, your jokes. Tell Craig to shut up. Tell us whatever you want. <laughs>
I think you'll find my voice will turn on a lot of women, hopefully not men. Yeah, uh, you can't afford to be too picky about it, so... Uh, hey, hey, <laughs> face for this, I can be picky. Face for a fan mail, it's fan mail. <laughs> fan mail, yes, yes. Right, well, we've got a whole podcast. I'll mention the old firm. Suppose, be fair, let's mention them. Yep. Does anyone care? Well, we obviously biggest two teams in Scotland. It's probably fair to touch on them, especially now that it's the old firm game's over and the league's looking quite pretty tight as well up there. So I don't know. Um, us, even though they get beat. Uh, yes, I still think Celtic will get it. My personal opinion. Uh, both of them, I reckon Hibs, I've got a big say in where it actually goes, but I think Celtic have got enough in their tank to come back. I mean, they both, both, let's be honest, both, it's not been the best season for them to, both of them have not looked good. They've been both going hot and cold, hot and cold, hot and cold. Although Rangers have got two points now, I reckon Celtic will be catch up and they should win it. I last in the commentary, the, the old firm game, and the commentator goes, eh, uh, it's another fascinating title race. I thought it's, it's really, really it's not really, really not. <laughs> it's been pretty poor this season. I mean, every, it's quite good though. The only good thing about the split is everything's still got to play for. I mean, usually this time of year, everyone's only talking about where the, the destination of the cup's going to go. But uh, that, that's only the one. That's only one of the topics that's getting talked about. I mean, everyone's talking about third place relegation. That it's actually been a quite good season that way. But football, football actually on the pitch, it's been fairly, fairly poor. I mean, apart from the first old firm game. The other, the other old firm games have been very, very poor this year. Yeah. I mean, that one last yesterday, I mean, the rain made it interesting, and that was about yeah. it, you know. Um, so, we used to, so I'm the only one that's put my neck out here by saying Celtic are the only one, or um, I don't know. You'd have to say, obviously, Rangers got in a great position now to just go and do it, so I'd, I'd say Rangers. And I think I think. <laughs> Well, still got a chance. I think uh, United will take points off Celtic on Tuesday, but then I've been saying since the split started, I, th- I said I said Aberdeen would be fifth, but I think they would do something at Ibrox. So I don't know. I, I hope it goes to the last to the last game, but I don't know. I think that, I think the old firm. They were trying to play it down. It's not a title decider, but I think Rangers two points ahead now. So you think Rangers then? Or are you going to say in conclusion? I think one of the old firms going to win. Oh, I'm going to sit in the fence. Uh, no, I'm going to. I think I said Celtic all season, but I think no, three games ago, Rangers ahead. I think they're. So if Celtic win, you owe me a pint, and if Rangers win, I owe you a pint. We'll do that. That will do it. I'll, I'll use some orange squash. Orange squash? You're not a drinker. Not a drinker, man. No. That's that's. Yeah, I'm a teetotal. Teetotal for six months. Total lies. Total lies. <laughs> I know you like your apple teenies, you know. Oh, well, yeah. What, what's the other one? D- Dandelion and Burdock. Yeah, that's the one, yeah. <laughs> so, to sum up, what do you think, Panda, what do you think the result's going to be this season then? I'm going to say Rangers to win it. Dun United for third. Still sitting on the fence at the bottom. I'll tell you what, I'm going to put my neck out, St. Mimmon to go down. Interesting. Russell? Uh, Rangers for the title. Hearts in third. United get the other European spot. And Falkirk going down. And so that's kind of more. That's more kind of not sticking your neck out at all, Cross. That's just <laughs> um, I reckon it'll be Celtic uh, win, Hearthstone, and Falkirk going down. But we'll see who's right. Eh? We'll see. We'll see you on the cup final podcast, I think, and we'll see who was right and who was wrong.
That's it for our debut podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. Let us know your thoughts by emailing podcast at thewayend.net. We'll be back in two weeks for a cup final podcast. In the meantime, issue four of The Way End magazine is out on Thursday 14th May. Find out more by visiting thewayend.net.